Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Oh, he's been a legend, uh, Warren. Yeah, he's, he's been there since the day I got here. The Saints were forced to come from 31 points down in the second quarter to escape with a crucial eight-point win against a ferocious Eagles team that played with more spirit than any other point this season. It was a different – it was almost like a different team totally on the ground. Um, before we get into the game, I'm going to welcome one of my co-hosts in Dan. How you going, mate? Uh, good to be, especially after such a spirited game on the weekend. Yep. Um, Wayne is still abroad. He's in Paris at the moment, so he'll be back next week. Um, I'm off to Brisbane uh, this week, so we won't have a bounce down this week, guys. But we will come back next week, Wednesday, when we're all in the studio, and we'll give you a recap on the game against Brisbane then and the following week. Um, so no episode this Wednesday, and the next one will be the following Wednesday. Before we get into the game, thanks, Tom, at Plus Fitness, Subiaco, Hillary's Joondala, jumping on board as a sponsor and get on to Linktree to go to all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, download the shows from there. All right, Dan, um, well, the end scoreline, 12 goals, 13 to 12 goals, 5. It was a eight-point war game, man. Look, we're going to be happy with that effort because there's a lot of questions that come out of it. So, but, you know, Alan got two goals, Hugh got two goals, Merrick got two goals for the Eagles and St Kilda Owens for Caminiti two and Butler two. So um, no other goal scorers. Um, yeah, Dan, so going to be happy with that, FNA? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, really good to see him rebound and show some spirit. Um, I understand and uh, I understand that I would sound almost like a bad supporter saying this, but it was the exact result we needed. We needed to show fight. As a spectator, we wanted a close game. Yes, you want your team to win and you want your team to win all the time, but realistically it's not a – it was the best result. We can't – winning would have hurt us probably longer term, you know what I mean? Having the ruse later in the year at home, that meant if we won on the weekend, then beat the ruse, that means we're no longer bottom of the ladder, we don't get a number one pick, and I know that – um, they might sound a bit petty or anything, but it's just realistic. Um, but that said, you want to see them fight. You want to be able to sit there and enjoy the game. And, God, I reckon that was one of our best games by, obviously, the GWS win we've had all year. Uh, so enjoyable. And you mentioned the, you know, people that kicked a couple of goals. You know, a lot of them were our young guns. and So many of our senior supporters picked up. But for me, the most enjoyable aspect of that Basically, all our young guns did something. They had patches or a, pl- or a play where um, it excited you. Like, I heard comments people didn't know how good Hewitt was and then watching that game, like, oh, he's got something in the way he burst out of packs. And he's one of my favourite. Chester did a few couple nice things, you know. Noah Long looked a lot better there with Jamie Cripps there. Um, yeah, Marrick, you know, kicked two, which you said in the roundup. It was just great to see these young kids. And it was great to see them play in front of an up-spirited home crowd too. So that's Merrick's first game in front of a home crowd. And Hewitt tried to get them pumped up too, so it was just great. And shout out to the supporters out there too because it sounded loud on the TV. It just it was a great atmosphere. 
Well, you said supporters. There's 35,579 to be exact. It's the lowest home attendance ever at Optus. Maybe that's because of the uh, the loss the week before and the week before that. But they were loud. Um, yeah, they rose to the feet. And I think it was just, you know, the, the guys gave it a, a shot and that's all you asked for as a supporter. Um you said the youngsters, Eagles had five 18-year-olds and four 19-year-olds in the team. So it's probably one of our youngest teams that we've um, fielded in a long, long time. And, um, look, there was glimpses there where you sat there and Hewitt, like you just said, Hewitt, when he broke the pack and picked the ball up one-handed and snapped over his uh, left shoulder. Um, I think it was Mark Duffy on the podcast today. He says you, you can't get taught that. You, you either can do it or you can't. And it, it, some of the stuff that he did bursting away from stoppages was exceptional. And, you know, I, I suppose it helps when you've got a home crowd behind you. Um, now the the proof in the pudding will be to follow it up against Brisbane. Um, a few different other things there. St Kilda hasn't scored 100 points or more since round four and have only hit the 80 points just once in the last eight games. And the only to scrap the 80 points in the last dying minutes of that game against the Eagles. Um, we hadn't lost, we hadn't won a quarter in 21 quarters. And then we uh, won two or three. So that is something to look forward to, you know. So, and um, we had another player debut and Harry Barnett come on there late in the game when Darling got subbed out. So he, he sort of looked, he looked a bit awkward, but um, at least he's had a little bit of a taste. He knows what to expect from now on. God, I hate the sub. I hate the fact that was his debut game, you know. He would have come on with 11 minutes left. Um, I would like, ideally, I'd like just the fifth man on the bench. Um, I like that. I wouldn't go back to four. That would be my, the way I looked at the fifth. But great team out. But um, we ran out of players, was it? Yep. That was the funny thing. It's just if, and they even said it before the broadcast interviewed Simo and they said if a player went down, we would just have to play with no sub. Because we had no more players left. We'd already used two for the waffle that and they only cap B rookies. And then yeah, Barnett, that's how he got his game. And um the Batman, yeah, it was great to see him out there. Um I'll tell you what though, speaking of our Ruckman, I thought uh, Jack Williams was surprised me, he got a goal too, and it was great to see him get that goal. But when he was pinch hitting for Bailey Williams, his tap work wasn't actually bad. That that surprised I didn't know he had that pinch hitting I know we had to use him as a pin trick in a waffle now and again, but I didn't realise he um, was that good at it. Like, he tapped a few to advantage, so that was a bit of a surprise. And another small positive that these kids did, as I said, they always they all did something that I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. I, I see a future in that player, so it's great to see. Yeah, well, Jack Wins, he should be able to do those little taps. He's a tall, he was the tallest guy on the Eagles list on the ground. He wasn't as tall as uh, the, the king boy up the other end, but um, – being at the ground, you just saw how big some of these players were. Um, I didn't realise that their Ruckman, um, Marshall, Ryan Marshall, was so big. He's a massive unit. So um, the contest between uh, Marshall and uh, Bailey Williams was just one just for the for the game, you know. It was watching that was enthralling as it, as it was because if you go and have a look at their stats, I think Rowan Marshall had 26 disposals, eight clearance, 34 hitouts, and Bailey Williams had one goal, 14 disposals, 39 hitouts, and three clearances. So you know you could say basically say 
you know, they evened out there in the end. So it was, that was a good tussle. And then midfields, when we thought that we'd been, well, we were smashed in the last two games in the midfield, we, we broke even, I think, if I have a look at the stats. Um, I'm having a look now, clearances, they had more centre clearances uh, and just a few more on the stoppages. And they had probably about, a, I can't even read it because it's so small, I think they had about six more clearances all over. So it wasn't too bad for us. No, it was very good considering, you know, you had Shu and Kelly out, a couple of our playmakers in there. They were out. So, again, it's just I can't help but reiterate how proud of the young boys, you know. So Chester on a ring, he saw Shu get run in there, he saw Jimby get a run in there, you know, it was great to see. Um, and it was such a team performance. I think that was the best team performance I've actually seen all year. It was very hard to pick your best, but there wasn't many players who go, gee, he didn't have an impact this game. You know what I mean? I don't want to harp on and have a go at the kid, but the only one I would say that didn't have a great game would be O'Neill, and that's where I'd honestly draw the line after him. I think everyone contributed and everyone did something, you know. Well, I felt, uh, and some of the old... Some of the younger players that aren't our senior players did well, like Witherden. I thought he actually had a very good game. I thought he was good by foot, but he he was just all over Higgins early. I think Higgins might have got a goal right at the end, but I think Hoff might have been on him at the time. Another young player that played pretty well, I thought. But yeah, I thought Witherden defensively was just all over their smalls. But Butler and Higo didn't have a great game. I know in the first half, I think Witherden was on Higgins, and he only had three touches by then, no, no score impact. And uh, Witherden ended up with 29 disposals with very high efficiency once again. So I thought it was a very understated game as well. Yeah, look, I agree with Tony and all that. Um, I'll briefly say you said uh, O'Neill. I thought Brady Hoff had a – he didn't get into the game as much as I thought. He only ended up with the nine disposals. Uh, O'Neill had the eight. And, you know, I don't know, you can't expect too much of all these guys. I'll go through the younger guys. Hewitt. He had two goals, 11 disposals. Merrick, two goals, 13 disposals. Long, one goal, 15 disposals. And that goal, that was a ripper. Oh, beautiful. One-handed too, wasn't it? He just hold it one-handed, just dropped it on his boot. Uh, the crowd went nuts on that. Uh, Jack Williams, as you said, that was his probably third, it's only a third or fourth game. You can't really count last week because he played about 10 minutes. One goal, eight disposals, four hitouts, and they were all to advantage. Uh, Chesser, 13 disposals. Sort of, you know, Chesser... He's got to build himself up. He's playing on that wing. Um, he got a lost a few times. But I think, you know, with the more games you can get into Chesser, he's going to build on it. Um, you know, you probably want to hopefully get a few more possessions. Uh, Jinby only had 13 possessions, but he was just a beast in, in, in an under, you know. There's a lot of times where you get the ball and you don't get a disposal for it. And Bazo. 12 disposals down the back. That mighty thing with Bazo, watching him at the ground and seeing him, he has to put a lot of weight on over the, the next preseason because he got um, out-muscled quite easily down back and, you know, there's not much of him. So just for the bigger bodies, you know, they're, they're, they're younger guys. So, And then you chuck in your older guys that will we'll go into them. Uh, Hearn, 30 disposals, 13 marks. Brass, now... I don't know if you get stat. I don't know where to find stats for spoils, but I saw so many spoils it was unbelievable. He had fourteen marks, twenty disposals. So that was like he was when he was in his all Australian form. Duggan twenty seven disposals, six rebounds. I think um, Duggan had. I know it was Hearn had six hundred and twenty eight meters gained. Uh, Sheed twenty five disposals, and something that 
he did, did in this game that he hasn't done in other games is tackles. Do you, me- do you know how many tackles he had? Nine. Yeah, nine tackles. So that's probably a, <laughs> a career high there for Sheeta. And, yeah, we've already talked to Bailey Williams. Uh, I'll quickly just go on St Kilda. Marshall already said Crouchy had 26 disposal, seven clearances, but I don't think he was damaging. Sinclair, 30 and five inside 50s. He was pretty good. He's probably, to me, one of their best players. Mason Wood's having a great season on the wing, one goal, 24 disposals. And Jack Steele, 22 disposals, seven clearances. And Mitch Owens, well, if it wasn't for him up forward, Eagles win because he got four four goals as a small forward. So I thought he was a difference up forward for Saints because without him, uh, the Eagles win the game. Yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah, I think... We won so much around the ground, you know. There's so much to be proud of. Like, steals the gun, but he didn't get hit with the ball. Crouch is a ball magnet. That's what he gets. He accumulates numbers, but we got rid of that. Um, a lot of the head-to-head contests, uh, contests you would give your um, the tick to the Eagles, you know, and that's what was so uplifting about this game. Is it goes on cheer. Uh, you mentioned Baslow there. Mate, he's a 19-year-old kid. I guarantee he's going to need a few seasons in the gym to polka. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he'll take a few. Off, well, I didn't actually mind off the game. He didn't get a heap of the ball, but uh, he and Bazo played back, you know, and they must have done okay because, my God, like as I said, Butler and Higgins didn't play very well. And I don't know if it's after a 171-point loss. You love the backman when they keep the team. Under a hundred points, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I thought. Uh, as I said, there wasn't too many um, weaknesses or weak links in the chain. So hopefully we can carry that form on to next week. Because I tell you what, Brisbane in Brisbane's a far different prospect oh. than having a home game here. You know. Well, the lion, he was pretty. Um, I think he was pretty dark on his team because that. In that second quarter, the Eagles got on top. They had 43 uncontested marks of 13, and that's where they started splitting uh, the Saints apart. But you always knew that the Saints were going to come back with the legs. And, you know, um, you know, there's probably more questions about St Kilda that they couldn't bury a team like us, um, but that's probably the way they played. But before we talk about a few other things, I want to talk about the Eagle player of the round. And, um, well, I think he set the tone from – the first bounce and his first tackle was on a, at the ground. I sat there and went, if that's how we're going to play for the rest of the game, we're going to be in on this. And Shuey, Luke Shuey, player of the round again, 28 disposals, follow up from last week's 28 disposals, nine tackles, six score involvements, four inside 50s, eight clearances, 22 pressure acts, 346 metres gained and 71% efficiency. That's what a captain does. He leads from the front and uh, everyone got on his back this time, so it was pleasing to see what you think of his game. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Two weeks in a row, um, he's been our best on ground and that's the real captain material, you know what I mean? It shows why he is captain. But it was like he's a bit of an enigma because when he can play and get on the ground, he plays at such a high level, Chewy. It was like vintage Luke Chewy. Some of those clearances bursting out of the midfield in the centre clearances, running it. You know, I believe Hewitt's first goal was from a beautiful clearance from Chewy and set up, you know, laced out to him. And it's just, you watch him do that. It was like the old knick-knack to tap to Chewy to run, you know, and just, yeah, it was it, it's like he wound back the clock. And we touched on this last week and it's just, I just hope his body holds up because we're in a conundrum here. Because honestly, I think he's playing that good and he's such a good leader that 
you, we just took for granted this was his last year. But we can't lose Shuey. If he's performing like that when he can get on the ground, we got to pray that his body holds up because right. that was amazing, was that? That was so good. Well, my, my question to you, I'm glad you just brought it up. This is my question to you, and this is for Shannon Hearn as well. So you can answer him in isolation or both. If they both play the rest of the season, which is only eight weeks, do you give him another contract? But if they miss half of those games, what's your decision? Because it's a hard decision have to be made. Well, there's eight games left, so I don't even think it's half. I think one injury, and that's it for Shuey. Uh, because it's a repeating injury. It's the same yeah. injury. And Hearn, like our tongue-in-cheek have said before, let's get him the 400 games, but we can't. It sounds horrible, but, no, we have to delist some of these players. Um, we need to make room, and I think no matter what, Hearn will get the cut now. Um, so and he's he one of our better performance, but Shuey, it depends on his body. If Shuey's body breaks down, he and Hearn will need to go. Um, because realistically, we need to get rid of seven, eight players this year. Yeah. Um, because Shuey's played, Shuey's played yeah. seven games and Hearn's played nine games. So, yeah, these are the – you wouldn't want to be a list manager, but these, you know, your romance is there after watching Shuey. That was brilliant work. And same as same as Hearn, you turn back the clock, but, you know, if you're only going to be playing half a season, you've got to weigh up. Is that half season a detriment to your development on the younger kids? So, um, and maybe that's probably why Daniel Curtin's high on the Eagles list because I was listening to Ben Dwyer today and he said if, if an AFL draft him, he's a ready man, he's a ready made backman. He said, you don't have to teach it to him. He knows what to do. That's why he's going to go so high. So clubs that are looking for a backman are going to go for him. So, they're the questions we got to ask again, and uh, I guess we were going to find that out in eight weeks' time. Um, I just want to run a few names for you because we, we briefly touched on it in the um, podcast with um, Parker, Parko, um, last week, um, but we missed a few names out. So yes or no, if you just look at them or uh, inquire about them. Mitch Georgiades. If the price is right, but my – okay. He has never cemented himself in the best 22 at Ports, even yeah. when Dixon's been injured. He's recently done a knee, but he did that playing in the Sample. So they dropped him again early in this year. So he didn't do that playing AFL. He did that in the Sample. I would draw the line with, here's your Rioli pick back, or I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't give pick 19, and there's no way I'd give up a first-round pick for him. All right. Um, Devin Robinson. Nope. There's a romance with Devin Robinson. Yeah. But just go look at his stats. He's yeah. below average in everything. I think he only had like 13 touches again on the weekend. That's what our kids are doing now. Yeah. And, you know, he's have three years on these kids. Yeah, no, I'm a no for Devin Robinson. Uh, Jeremy Sharp. Nope. He can't get a game in. Can't, oh, another one that can't cement his self in the side at – uh, the Gold Coast, so that's a no. Trey Rusco. Nope. Sydney's Angus Sheldrick. Well, yeah, but that's that's a no because his last <laughs> week's that rising star. I mean, well, he, you got to give up a first round for him, so I can't imagine how you get him right yeah. in from Sydney. 
he hasn't signed yet. So he's been on the list two years, so he hasn't signed. So um, there's a bit of uh, conjecture there, but uh, I think Well, that, great. Walk him to the pre-season so we get him for nothing. Uh, Bryn Teagle. Nope. All right. And all right. And these last two, I reckon you're going to say yes to one of them, Zach Fisher and Paddy Dow. I think we both okay. have talked. Now, I've, I've got to contradict myself because these are another couple that haven't exactly cemented themselves. Fisher's played more. Paddy Dow is dominating the VFL. Absolutely dominate. His numbers are huge. I got a feeling sometimes coaches and players they just don't gel. Yeah. I got a feeling Voss isn't a big fan of him. So Paddy Dow, yes, I'll take for a habit. And I don't think I don't think they could cost as much. And I could be wrong with this, but I believe Paddy Dow was the player they got once with the live trading and they traded like a first round pick to get the second round pick to get him because he was still on the board. No, that's so that's how like he was rated in his draft year. No, that's that's Liam Stocker. That's, that's Liam Stocker. Was it Stocker, was it? Paddy Dow went what did, Paddy Dow went at pick number three in the draft. Oh my god. So this yeah, is I like that. Pick so yeah. Stocker, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's toiling in the VFL, he's not getting a game. So he's one I would look at and he's one I would almost pay a bit for. You're not getting pick one out of us, and I we'll talk about pick one again in a little bit. Um but if you said to me all right, let's say Carlton climbed the ladder, like, quite a bit more, and let's say their first round pick, second round pick is quite high, I would go, all right, pick 19 is a quite a valuable pick in this draft. Give us Paddy Dow and your second round pick, which would be a lot later, and you can have the pick 19. Yeah, yeah. I, I would do that. Or I would, um, yeah, yeah, and I think they could go for that because he's not playing. Um, the number one pick, though, see, I've said no to a lot there, bar Paddy Dow, but it's because I'm very much right now, draft, 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 and then top up with free agents when you get the salary cap room. GWS winning on the weekend because I'm. you talked about Curtin, and he is one I've looked at the eye for. If I mentioned trading Barath, it's to get a pick to get Curtin in, you know what I mean, because it's defender for a defender, yeah. but defender for the future. GWS beat D's on the weekends, so suddenly even them trading out pick one for their picks suddenly isn't as attractive anymore because you've got um, Walter, who's an academy player, so basically all those picks will go up one. So suddenly it'll only be pick 11 and pick 10 maybe if they get that higher pick for Himbleburn. So suddenly it's changed again to the right that we take bloody Reed right now. And the weekend gives you a little bit of confidence doing that, seeing how the other kids perform too. Yeah. Because you see, you see, because you know me, if it was, which it was last week before that win was four, five, and six, theoretically. That is a different story to four, 10, 11. Um, and I don't think that'll do it. I think it's got to be three top 10 picks. But yeah, you, you see comments about, oh, you've got to trade that pick. Like, you have to trade that pick because one player is not going to change your fortunes. But it's not one one player. You know what I mean? We've yeah. got him, we've got two second rounds, we've got two third rounds. And we've got young Hill performing, like seeing highlights there. You've seen Jimby, you've seen Chester, you've seen Noah Long, you've seen Marrick. Cully's the one that really hurts me out of all our injured players, and they all hurt, you know, Govs are starting. But Cully's the one that kind of cut me the deepest because this was the year he was going to get opportunities, and that got taken away. But you chuck Cully in. So it's not read the one-man soldier. It's not Reed going to change the entire fortunes of our club, 
No, he's just a good cog and a very important cog to go around all these other kids as well. The, 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 as far as I'm concerned, our rebuild started last year when right. we got Jimby and Hewitt, you know. Um, well, on the weekend. We haven't, even, yeah, we haven't even seen a few of the young kids. Like, Virgil, you haven't seen, and he showed uh, – you and I watched a bit of Waffle early on before he did his Sammy. He showed a little bit as a running half back too, so very interesting. Well, on the weekend, I think some of those younger guys just showed why some players like um, the second tiers that have been on the list, like a Greg Clark, uh, a Neil Winder, a True, and all that, uh, their places are um, not looking good because um, if you know those guys have got that bit of spirit and you're going to go with the youth under them, even though those guys are named only 22, 23, I think, you know, this is where you've got to be putting up all the time. Uh, you just briefly said the waffle. Well, Eagles, well, they got smashed by Sydney, but they got a bigger smashing um, by Ephraim Mantle in the waffle, and I think it was 33 goals, 17 to 4 goals, 7, but that happens when you've only got two Cat B uh, rookies playing in a list of amateur players. So that's probably why we haven't done any waffle raps the last couple of weeks because there hasn't been any Eagles players really in there that are playing and who wants to listen to despair like that all the time. Um, the waffle is a joke at the moment. They've got to do something different and a lot lot's being talked about it now. So just watch that space with the waffle in the next uh, eight to ten weeks and at the end of it when we'll see if there's any differences to the Eagles waffle side. Um, did you watch any of it, Dan? Um, a tiny bit of it, but not really. Um, yeah, I was not- out and about. I miss doing the, the podcast um, waffle rap. You know, I really we really do enjoy it, but there's just no players playing. As you said, it was two. But those Cat B rookies, they're kids as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two teenage kids that are Cat B rookies, which means no one drafted them in the rookie draft or the yeah. main draft. We got them as Cat B. And that's your entire Waffle squad? Mate. But the war, the war cut out towards the end because they held him over in case they needed him for the AFL. So he could have had two games in the the two days. So um, he was held out. Um, Next week, we'll briefly touch on it because we're doing this via Zoom. So the shows are limited, guys. Um, But next week, we're back in the studio. Uh, Eagles take on Brisbane Lions. As you said, we haven't played uh, Brisbane here at Opus Able since it's been built, so that's one thing that I hate. You know, they've got to get some equality, and hopefully next year we're playing them here. But we're playing them on their dung heap up the Gabba. I'm going. I'm trying to get a ticket for the game. I still can't get a ticket for the game, so it's telling me it's sold out. So uh, it's going to be a hostile environment. But, you know, the guys, as you said, uh, I think at, towards the top of the show, Dan, they've got to, they've got to bring that commitment in, in an away game now because that's a benchmark. You know, they can do it. Yes. It, it's very worrying. And um, here's a worrying thing for you. I think you cannot bet on lines to win. I saw the odds, and I think it was for every dollar you bet, you won a dollar. Yeah, I think it's, it was two cents, wasn't it? I think it was two no, cents. I, no. The one I saw, you couldn't even bet on them. Wow. I have never seen a game footy where they didn't allow you to bet. I saw it on um the... Eagles generation, and we were paying, I think, $30.50 or something ridiculous like that for a win, and it was like the biggest odds I've ever seen it for an AFL game. So, yeah, um, unless, you know, and I don't understand. 
I know it's a lot of people dangerous to win, so. I'm having a look at sports bed for Brisbane. It's one dollar and one cent, and Eagles thirty four dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, that's gone down because I think it was thirty five. <laughs> trying to find it now because yeah, the way it works, if a lot of play like people back us in. Yeah, there you go, was that? Uh, when was this posted? So five hours ago, the odds were a dollar, then thirty four dollars Eagles. Yeah, all right. So they've That's got yeah. and that was um that was sports bet those odds. Um, so yeah, yeah, someone's obviously jumped on, someone's jumped on and bet a little bit of money on Eagles, which obviously has opened it up for a cent. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> so Brisbane, no, they uh, they'll be welcoming back Zorko. Um, I don't know, if, uh, Daniel Richard Gunson will be getting a uh, getting a game, but um. You know, they're, they're, they've been managed or dropped, however you want to call it. So they're the only ones that probably come in. And I don't know, did McCluggage play on the weekend? Because he, he's down here as a test. So unless he got a concussion in the game. Uh, McCluggage, wasn't he the one that got tackled by Sicily? Oh, was that the week before? Yeah, it was. So he, he's a yeah, test. so it would have been concussion protocols. He's a test for the Brisbane. Uh, the Eagles. So well, he'll be back. Eagles look like Darling will be out. So is he just a straight swap for Tim Kelly or does uh, Xavier Neal fall out for uh, – well, you can't. There's no one else. We got um, – I think Jeremy Jeremy McGovern's might be able to go, but that's it. What about True with the concussion? The concussion. The training. He's got a past concussion protocols as well. So we should know by Thursday for that one. So it's Thursday, I think. But, well, uh, yeah, there's two. Obviously, there is a chance Gov could come in. Um, you don't want to mess with winning formula, but let's be honest. I think Barnett will be out. Uh, O'Neill might get dropped, and then Darling might be sore. We'll find out more about Darling. You know, you can bring in True, and you can bring in Kelly, and then Gov might come up. We don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they just give him that extra week so he comes back here, so he doesn't have to travel. But who, who knows? This injury list, mate. It's I've never seen anything like it, mate. All year it's just been a mess, mate. So no, nah, no, nah, like I said, it, it, it's not uh, pretty looking. Uh, uh, you know the injury list. So the wings clip doesn't seem to get any smaller. So it just keeps sitting around the top um, of about twenty players every week for the last four weeks. And you know, let's just hope going into twenty twenty four. And I hate saying it that we never have to go through this again. Um, we've just. Briefly said some names there. Uh, Dan was talking about the draft picks and, you know, a lot can happen in the, eight, the next eight weeks. You know, those Giants picks could come back into vogue if they start losing, but they've won four on the trot. Uh, Carlton, you know, uh, Melbourne have got uh, some draft picks there. So it's going to be interesting come draft time. We'll, we'll be all doing our little uh, episodes on the draft coming to it. But, um well, well, let's say we, we, no one's going to pick Eagles to beat Brisbane Lions, but how much do you reckon? Lions by? It better not be another 100 points, but it's got the feeling of, of that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just they're well, up and firing. They're in good form. They're top of the ladder. Yeah, we showed some spirit, but that's the problem with young teams, you know, they can do that. And then they go off the boil sometimes. Um, well, they're, actually, they're actually not top of the ladder. They're the third, two games behind. Sorry, I meant top four, not yeah. top of the ladder. Sorry. So, um, but like you said, I, I, look, 
if if the Eagles lost by hundred points, is you got to ask questions again. You just you can't you can't have a shit show for two weeks and then bring out an effort like that and then go back to it. You know um, that that to me says a lot of things that footy's played above the shoulders and commitment and heart. We went and had a go. It was a home, so yeah, we had the home crowd behind us. But they've got a uh, look. I'd be happy if if they won by six goals or around that mark. I'd be very happy. So, but if it's any more, I'd be asking more questions. You know, why why can't you do it, mate? Mate, thirty six points, six goals. If we go over, if you yeah, six goals, so six, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So thirty six points, bloody. You'd be laughing, was it? If you're going out there, a top top four team, one of the informed teams in the comp, and the longest bloody trip we make, it is the longest trip we make, the Gabba. And as you said, we've never bloody played them in Optus Stadium. They've never paid us against Optus. So it's one of those things It's like, mate, Adelaide's not as good and Sydney's definitely not as good. Hawks definitely not as good. Yeah. They're all 100-point losses but and they're I'm all away there. games. That's what but I'm saying. All away we, we we can't dish up that crap anymore. And on on Sunday we showed that we we can play good. So we've got to play to that standard. And it's, all it is is commitment and going hard and pressure. If you if you don't apply the pressure, you're going to get killed by 100 points. And then to me, my my question is, why are you allowing this to happen? So you know, I'm just being trying to have the glass a little bit more than half full. So you know. It's probably going to be around about 60 points for a, a win for him, but I just hope we can just put in a really, really good effort. Um, the ground suits us. I don't know why we've had trouble up there before because it's pretty similar. Um, the only difference will be it's humid and there at the moment. So, hey, in the strange things that happened, we, none of us thought we'd get any close, very close to Saints and we nearly snatched a game, mate. So these things do happen. <laughs> yeah, that they do, that they do, but... but and I, as you said, I always hope for good performances. And, yeah, I want that to be a benchmark. But young guys, like, what did we have, nine teenage kids playing? Yeah. We're going to get where uh, these big losses, they're not going to magically disappear now because we played a good week. No. Nah. they'll pop up again. Our trajectory, I reckon, is when we get these good kids in, we become flat-track bullies. We can only win at home. Yeah. Then once we get develop and get better, we start to win half-hour away games. Once that happens, you're a chance of top four. You're cementing yourself in the top eight. You know, you're an actual finals, grand final contender, premiership contender then. But it's got to be small hurdles. We'll go through a period where we play some good games at home, don't win, get smashed away. Then after a while we start developing, we start making it a that home ground advantage back, winning the home games, still losing away. And then you start to win a few more of those away games, and that's when it will turn. So if it was here, I'd be a lot more confident. Um, it's it is the road trip. Like yeah, they're a better side, but as you said, we played okay. We haven't really got. Have we got smashed here? The hundred points to um, Hawks was obviously away. The hundred seventy-one points to Sydney was away. The hundred uh, hundred points was away. We haven't been absolutely destroyed from. In Perth, have we? We've had bad games, but, I mean, Carlton. we haven't been destroyed, I don't think. Carlton. Mm. Carlton destroyed us. Yeah. yeah, Carlton was a bad one. Is that a 100-point loss too it was? Yeah. I remember Kerno kicking yeah. 10. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, he didn't get the 10. He, oh, did he get the 10? I can't remember. It was that long ago. But, yeah, um, nine. Or did he get nine? Yeah, no, no. Nine. Yeah. Hook, uh, Taylor um, got 10. He got nine, I think. Well, the only reason they're up there in the Coleman is those two bloody games. <laughs> nah. Oh, well, let's hope all those days are behind us. Um, thanks for joining us uh, again, Dan. Um, and next week, well, we'll be up your way, mate, in your studio. So we'll uh, have two longer shows uh, next week, hopefully. And um, until then, uh, let's go Eagles, eh? Go Eagles. Share the West Coast sky Our will to win will never die